the Odelay Show, December 18th, 2014 edition. Today I have Terry Rapp of National Liberty Alliance. He's up in Phoenix. Uh, good morning, Terry. How are you today, sir? I am doing quite well, Chris. Good to be here. Glad you took the time. Um, I think I think you guys have um, an interesting perspective, and it's not necessarily new, um, but in good faith, I think it can be and is effective um, with respect to rule of law and its application, um, and and the rights of people to assemble, um, First Amendment rights. Uh, first minute of the United States Constitution. So, um, question one for you. Um, I reported on this show some editions back, several weeks ago, a couple months ago, about a guy named Terry Trussell, if I have his name correct. Um, and I actually got the information from a, a, a National Liberty Alliance meeting. Um, uh, at which you were also present. Um, what's uh, has there been any resolution or progress with the case? It was a out of a, a Florida county. Uh, he was a Terry Trussell's a grand jurist who reportedly was retaliated against by a state prosecutor down in Florida and subsequently jailed. What happened? Uh, is there any new news uh, with respect to his case? Um, what's this an example of? What's the National Liberty Alliance position? What's what's your vantage of this? Terry. Well, to give you just a little more background on that, Chris, uh, uh, Mr. Trussell, and, and I'll hereafter call him Terry because that's a great name, mm-hmm. um, was actually, before he was a member of the grand jury in Dixie County, Florida, he was a member of the NLA. And as such, he was aware of um, the authorities and the, uh, the range of access and the activities that should be attributed to a grand jury per our U.S. Constitution. And uh, so when he was uh, drafted to be in the Dixie County Grand Jury, it was kind of serendipitous. And then, lo and behold, he was uh, selected to be the foreman of that grand jury. Well, in the process of of going through the motions of grand jury activities, which is what our, our justice system now does, he also began to act as a true grand jury and began investigating a couple two or three uh, incidents now the the florida law requires that if he finds something in his county that is uh seems to be against the law and that it might be happening in other counties his duty is to notify those other counties and that's that's florida law uh in addition he's required to report these things to the court well uh a couple of the things that were happening is number one the the uh, the old expression that the uh, prosecutor can can get an indictment against a ham sandwich <laughs> you know that that's a true statement in today's uh, pseudo grand juries that are totally run by the by the judicial system because the the prosecutor is in charge of the whole process he determines what uh, evidence may be shown to the grand jury he de- he controls what cases go to the grand jury, etc. But that's not uh, the true uh, process of the grand jury. And, and uh, so... Well, I, I would interrupt you there. I mean, the law of Moses 
would 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 be able to get a true bill on a ham sandwich i have to say <laughs> i mean but and that's old precedent case law and the grand jury in the fifth amendment it's my understanding <clears throat> for purposes of local you know in, in american grand juries i mean they go grand jury you know the idea of grand juries is far older than the united states um but the one of the purposes one of the many jobs of a, a grand jury is to screen out incompetent or malicious prosecutions so we want we might it might be that um while some people might argue that the system or protocol of a grand jury is impeachable philosophically that there might be a a, a response that was well actually if if you've got a malefactor who's you know who's hijacked the vehicle as it were and isn't using it as it's supposed to that's a different argument than just than just than shining grand juries in general uh, uh, under a bad light exactly you know one of the things that's going on right now with the uh, as a society here that's going on right now the grand jury is is getting a black eye in new york city uh, it's also getting a black eye in ferguson missouri because they quote, failed to indict um, the, the police officer that, that um, uh, you know, evidently caused the death <clears throat> of an unarmed person. Mm -hmm. but, but the point is that they really, the grand jury, the true grand jury, has the authority to do that because their job is to, to meet out, you know, to determine, not meet out, excuse me, <laughs> because grand juries do not normally determine guilt or innocence. But... To, to determine that whether or not a crime was committed, you know, whether or not uh, uh, it's not whether a law was broken, because there are actually times when it's okay to break a law. Uh, you know, speeding to a hospital with a, with a woman that's, uh, you know, about to give birth, mm. it might be a violation of the law, but it's certainly not unlawful. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, the, the grand jury has those authorities. And so going back to the, to the uh, case in Dixie with, with Terry Trussell, um, he found that the, that the prosecutor was, you know, um, interfering with the, with the process. And then uh, they also knew that a number of the uh, elected and or appointed officials in the state uh, had been accepting graft, as it were, for implementing the Common Core uh, education system in the state mm -hmm. so he had uh, presented evidence to the grand jury uh, they in turn agreed that uh, those were uh, uh, offenses that needed to be adjudicated and uh, and so they created two true bills of presentment charging the prosecutor with uh, interference with the grand jury and the other people with uh, with graft and that kind of, uh, for some reason or other, the prosecuting attorney got a little upset with that. Sure. So it ended up they charged Mr. Trussell with uh, 17 charges. Uh, Ten of them were for simulating a legal procedure. Uh, six of them were for intimidation of the people that they were charging. And then the third one was an impersonating official. All of that is really amazing because... What he did was not simulate a legal procedure. He actually conducted a legal procedure 
as specified in the Florida state law. Mm-hmm. And, and then intimidation, you know, it's too bad if people are accused of crimes that they may have committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they, you know, they get to settle that in a court of law, not by counter, you know, claiming crime against the foreman of the grand jury. Mm-hmm. And then the last one of impersonating an official, uh, they claim he impersonated the foreman of the grand jury, which the court itself had appointed him to that position. Yep. So as such, since he was uh, charged with those crimes, uh, he was instructed to appear before the court. And knowing that it's, uh, you know, once you go into the well of the courtroom or on board the ship, uh, that you you can be, uh, you know, subject to their rules. Uh, he stayed outside the, the uh, uh, barrister bar, and uh, when they asked if he was in the courtroom, he stood and said, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. And the, court, the judge asked two more times, if you're here, and he said, yes, I am. I'm right here, Your Honor. The judge ignored him and immediately ordered his arrest. And so they arrested him, and incidentally, it was two minutes before the time the hearing was supposed to take place. So he hadn't missed his appearance yet, <laughs> and uh, he went to jail. Did the National Liberty Alliance have anyone besides Mr. Trussell at the hearing? <clears throat> we, we Officially, we didn't have representatives there. However, a, a significant number, and that in the number, I don't have an exact, but 20 to 30 people that are also you know, members of the National Liberty Alliance were there in support of Mr. Trussell, and they were in the courtroom. And so they, you know, they uh, took pictures that they could and recorded what they could, et cetera. And uh, so, but there was no official uh, support offered by the NLA. By some some degree of separation or another, it's a really small number of people need to be in that courtroom before somebody knows somebody, uh, before an agency overlaps. Uh, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a self-governing um, republic, if you will. Uh, it sounds like Mr. Trussell got in the way of his, his, his implementation uh, of the legal and legalistic apropos protocol got in the way of the cottage industry surrounding the courts and the prosecution uh, and criminal procedure down in, in, in whatever Florida county this is. Uh, and, it, and it brings up an interesting point. You know, like you said at the beginning, a number of times uh, people have introduced the grand jury as a as a proposed solution to some of the problems that we have today. And in most cases, it, it either went nowhere or it became uh, perhaps counterproductive to the cause. Mm. And in almost all of those cases, it's because they attempted to take one huge bite rather than addressing the the uh, the level of crime that the court can abide initially they wanted to go after they they want to go after the president or the governor or the supreme court justices or and in mr trussell's case common core you know had he had, had he limited it perhaps just to the prosecuting attorney uh, there may have been some progress made, but by raising the ire of some statewide officials and exposing some of their dirty laundry, you know, he got the the full book of the law thrown right at him. Well, I think the applied rule of law is that whenever an official has 
derelicted or gone beyond their uh, appropriated office, their power is vacated. And that's standing constitutional law. And any you don't need a grand jury or a petite jury or anybody, any any citizen who has the incorporated executive, you know, constitutionally affirmed wherewithal to recognize that said the power for that particular office has been vacated because it's clear and that that the the official is committing crimes or breaking the law are you eyewitness that it's important to remember those are facts and you don't need to scramble a jury to make a determination like that okay well, it, that's true but the bottom line to the whole process is someplace there has to be enforcement and and uh, and right and that's the court's job well to i mean i suppose administratively make an interpretation and then you've got um when you have a you know enforcement and then it's your governor and your sheriff and that's why it's very important that one's governor and one sheriff if you will are very well enlightened regarding the rule of law because if the court fails it falls upon the executive office to maintain quarter in a in a ceiling. And the interesting thing there is, there are three groups of individuals. Uh, there there are those people that know the law. Okay. Uh, then there are those people that don't know the law, and they act based on what they perceive the law to be which is what the judicial system and the government tells them it is. Yeah, yeah. And then there are those people that know the law and know that that, that perception is not true, but intentionally uh, defeat the law. Well, that's why the right to assemble, uh, First Amendment rights to assemble, are so important, because that's where people can actually learn applied rule of law rather than through derelict information vectors. I mean, I'm a media scholar. You know, um, and so that's why, the, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's an ongoing educational thing. It's the, it's the very nature of ongoing adult education. Very interesting for people like me who I like philosophy, you know, political science is a kind of philosophy. Fascinating. But you can't just guess and, and pick bad sources. And I think that's part of what, you know, one of the hopes of, of that I have for conversations like this and for meetings such as those which I've attended that are at National Liberty Alliance, you know, people, okay, get out in the community, see who's actually out there and figure. So it brings me to my next question, you know, explain the National Liberty Alliance's common law grand jury campaign. How does it work and what's the point and how is that um, made locally relevant, for example, at the state level? Well, let me start with what um, the, the goal of the National Liberty Alliance and it may sound to be, you know, minuscule, but really the the purpose of uh, or their their ultimate objective is to get a grand jury seated in every county in the in the country. Mm-hmm. So three thousand one hundred and fifty, give or ne- give or take a little. But the point is to get the people's grand jury. And I can talk about that in a minute, but just to get the people's grand jury acknowledged as an authority uh, in the court system, and and not to uh, you know the the 
plan is not to reverse all of the graft uh, uh, and illegal actions of the government and the Congress and all of that, but really just to get a local grand jury seated so that they can address the things that are important locally.